Welcome to the St. Richard's Podcast Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at strichards.org. This morning, I want to take the opportunity to tell you the story of a sister of a nun who received the call in Reno. And you don't know how hard it is to receive a call until you've worked Reno. And I'm going to look till I see some faces who recognize it. It's a story of the Sister Act, of course. Uh, this week is some of the most fun that I've had preparing a sermon as I got to watch both movies, just to refresh my memory of the story and also to entertain myself in the midst of seminary work. So some of you are tracking, this is the story of the Sister Act. And if you haven't seen the Sister Act, Disney Plus has it. It is a great movie, which I greatly commend to you all. And we're going to learn about faith from Dolores Van Cartier, also known as Sister Mary Clarence. She arrives at St. Catherine's, which is a convent that is on the edge of closing down, in the midst of a parish that is on the edge of closing down, who has literally fenced itself off from the community that surrounds it. And she arrives and is put there in witness protection because she's on the run from her mobster ex-boyfriend who's going to kill her to keep her from testifying. She arrives and we see this beautiful story of faith. And I don't know that Dolores would call it faith, but she had faith that the convent was called to interact with the people who were around the parish. She had faith that a group of tone-deaf nuns could sing as a beautiful choir and lead the congregation in worship, even though there was no evidence that that was true. It only is from faith that she could have had that sort of an understanding. And she had faith that the sisters could have an impact. And that faith resonates through the community. The sisters are impacted, the parish is impacted, and the community is impacted. And on a grander scale, the whole of the Roman church is impacted because the Pope hears and comes to their parish that a few weeks before was dying and almost in need of closure. All of this comes from a woman who was not confident enough to pray prior to a meal. So let's, let's go to our gospel reading where the disciples, in the midst of these really hard teachings, look at Jesus and make a demand of him. Um, the heading in the NRSV calls this, Some Teachings of Jesus, meaning that the translators were like, we don't know what to call this. But this phrase and this demand comes after the parable that we have heard leading up to this week, the parable of the dishonest manager, and also the story of the rich man and Lazarus. These are tough things that Cameron has masterfully tackled for us, and I hope that we have been impacted by. And so, like us, the disciples are like, these are really hard things, and so they make a demand of Jesus, and they say, increase our faith, Lord. And it is really easy for us to look back and go, oh, you silly disciples, why would you say something so foolish to Jesus? Don't you know he's going to come back with some sort of pithy remark that is going to put you in your place? But how many times have we, in moments of struggle or hard times, asked the Lord for more faith or for more strength or for more patience? 
Dear God, if I just had a little bit more patience, I could deal with this person or this job or this dentist appointment or for some of our younger viewers, this really boring class. If only I had a little bit more, I could endure that. Jesus responds with one of the best examples of overstatement that is in Scripture, and I love it, and I think that there is humor in it. Jesus said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed of a plant that was cultivated in these times, so real tiny, if you had faith the size of that seed, you could look at the mulberry bush and tell it to be uprooted and thrown into the sea, and it would happen. I doubt that he expected the disciples to go around looking at mulberry trees and telling them to be uprooted and thrown into the sea. What I think he is saying here is that if you had this little bit of faith, you could do marvelous and wonderful things. Things that have no real bounds of reality. Faith can overcome the bounds that are put there. If you had faith the size of a tiny seed, you could do this wonderful and unimaginable thing. Now, I sincerely doubt that Jesus is looking at the disciples and telling them that they have no faith. Clearly, they have some faith as they have left their homes and their families and they are following Jesus around. What I think he is saying is you are demanding an increase in faith. What I am telling you is that your faith is enough. Because even the tiniest bit of faith could look at a mulberry bush and tell it to be uprooted, and it would. Just a little bit of faith. We go go back to the sister act. It wasn't an incredibly pious woman who brought together this group of tone-deaf nuns who sang beautifully and reworked songs in a way that was relevant to the culture. No, it wasn't an incredibly pious and devout woman who organized community events to enliven and intertwine the convent with the community. No, and it wasn't an incredibly pious woman who led to even the Pope hearing about the joy that was coming out of this convent. It was a woman who had several weeks earlier been a lounge singer in Reno. If you had but a little bit of faith, But it isn't just coming from within Dolores, it comes from two other nuns where she sees faithful and dutiful practice lived out. Sister Mary Robert and Sister Mary Patrick, both of, one, of, one of whom just has so much joy and just wants to pour it out to all the people and give love and to give kindness and really speak to people. And one who knows there's something inside of her that she can offer to the Lord that will impact others who are around her. And because of this faithful, dutiful service, Dolores begins to be changed. And we see this change in kind of a montage as she looks at the community and sees what is missing between the two. So it's almost like she inherits that faith from these other sisters. Let's tie this into Timothy for a second. It's beautiful, and I think it gets skipped over, but I want to bring it out to you all. The the author says, A faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. 
Faith is a living thing, and it isn't something that is static within you. It is not something that is private to you. We have a faith that is passed down over generations. And it lived in them. And it is a living thing that needs to be nurtured and to grow. Think back to whenever you first came to the faith and those people who instructed you. For some of us who have joined from a very young age, it's a mother or a father or a grandmother or a grandfather or a godparent or something of that nature that really instilled with us that initial seed of faith. For others, it's a Sunday school teacher or a parishioner that connected with you the first Sunday that you visited. Whoever it is, that is where your faith comes from. You are in a line of inherited faith that does not begin nor does it end with you. We celebrate three baptisms today, and I was lucky enough to be able to celebrate another at seminary on Friday, so this is the weekend of baptisms for me, and I am so greatly pleased. But I want you guys to know that the faith that we are celebrating today does not begin with the three folks that are baptized today. It began generations and generations ago and has been passed down by faithful and dutiful folks. Much like Sister Mary Robert and Sister Mary Patrick, this faith is ignited within those who are to be baptized by those who have instructed them in the way that they should go. And so for those folks... I want to look at you and say thank you. Thank you for nurturing that faith. Thank you for passing that down to the future generations. We get to celebrate and participate in this as well. One of my favorite things about the liturgy of baptism within our tradition is that we join in. We say our baptismal covenant as well. We say that we will participate in this expression of faith. This is not something that is inside of you only. It is shared amongst a community. And it leads to us and culminates with the sacrament of washing with water. And then after that, we come to the table and again we nourish this faith, this living thing within us by feeding and eating together. So we go back to the disciples' demands, increase our faith. Jesus tells them, no, no. You have enough. Not just to understand these hard teachings that he's been talking about. Not just to wrestle with the really, really intense things that Jesus is telling them to. He says, you have enough faith to spread the gospel throughout the known world. You have enough faith to bring up future disciples and teachers and preachers and priests and deacons and bishops. You have enough to endure the crucible of persecution and martyrdom. And as he looks at each of them, he knows that each of them will endure that crucible. He says, you have enough, you have to use it. And so for us, the faith that you have, that I have, it could bring a group of tone-deaf women into a beautiful choir to lead in the praises of God within a community. It could be a faith to bring life and joy to a community that surrounds where you are planted. It could be enough to just make an impact on one person. I've left the best for last. One of my favorite characters is the grumpy Reverend Mother who's played by Dame Maggie Smith. 
who plays Grumpy so well. And she serves as a foil for Mary Catherine and the kind of change that she's wanting to bring. But at the end, the Reverend Mother is changed by the faith, the little bit of faith, from a woman who's only been a nun for a couple of weeks. And better yet, Dolores herself is changed, and she's changed so much that even after leaving and going and having a little bit of a, of a good career and becoming a little bit famous, returns to live with the nuns and save a school that she had gone to whenever she was younger. That faith impacted her, and here is my favorite part. If you haven't seen the Sister Act 2, the way that she changes and saves the school is by sharing her faith that God speaks through music with the next generation. So we join together today in a celebration of faith being passed down and joining the future generation with ours. And I'm going to leave you with the words of Jesus where he says, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and thrown into the sea and it would be done. And the words are not for the disciples, they are for you and they are for me. What they say to us is you have enough faith. Use it. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org.